Hello, welcome to Public Work. I'm Amelia Golchevsky. I am Jim McGrath. Welcome to our latest episode. Jim, who are we hearing from today? So we are hearing from some local favorites today. We are hearing from Susan Schmoyland, who is the director of the John Nicholas Brown Center for Public Humanities and Cultural Heritage here at Brown. She's currently on sabbatical, but uh, she graced us with her presence on campus, which we uh, very much appreciated. And she is in conversation with Bella Zhang, who's a first-year master's student in public humanities here at Brown. And they are talking specifically about museums in Shanghai. Um, Susan recently took a research trip to Shanghai and saw a number of different museums as part of a research fellowship she had there. And Bella has previously studied and worked with museums in Shanghai, so it was really interesting to have um, the two of them and their sort of respective contexts and thoughts on museums uh, compare those experiences and, and talk through the differences uh, in those spaces, um, what's changed over time, what uh, perceptions of museums are in Shanghai and, and elsewhere in China. And it's just a really great conversation. We're fortunate that they uh, agreed to have it with us for public work. So one of the things that came up uh, in this conversation was the idea that younger people in Shanghai think of museums as, as cool places, as places where it's uh, useful to be seen to document cultural consumption uh, on social media spaces, take pictures and things like that. And it got me thinking about um, whether or not we had similar experiences with museums when we were younger. So Amelia, um, were museums seen as cool when you were growing up when you were younger? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, and I went to a lot of museums when I was younger because, hey, hi, hello, look at the field I'm in now. Um, I think art museums were always a little cooler than history museums, but I spent a whole lot of time in historic house museums, which um, not cool then, maybe getting cooler now, but not to the Historic house museums have never been, like, insta-worthy uh, spots. What about you? Also, no. I was not a very cool child. I am arguably not a very cool adult either. I did. I spent time in museum spaces as part of field trips. Um, they were places where we were, in many respects, supposed to, to be aware of the value of the things we were seeing um and bask in their greatness um so didn't seem very cool we used to um see if we could set off the alarms when we'd go on field trips uh in new york city uh and and basically be menaces to the the docents and, and employees so i i i no longer do that um which good. is good yeah good. <laughs> thank you um but yeah they weren't cool I, but i think that does get onto another topic that gets covered uh, in this conversation which is the, the role that social media has played in um, the dissemination, the distribution, the, the consumption of museum spaces, the perception that they are spaces that are connected to one's identity, some would say one's brands, um, and there's, there's lots of kind of back and forth and, and interesting conversations about the uses of social media and uh, the uses of social media by museum visitors in these spaces. Um, so, Amelia, do you have any strong kind of hot takes on that? Like, what, what's your reaction when you see a bunch of people taking selfies in a museum space, or does it really depend on the, the particular context of the, the museum? 
I think it depends. And I think my hot take is as long as people are getting through the door, I think like osmosis, by osmosis, people will get something out of a museum more than just an Instagram picture. But yeah, I think it's really easy for us to complain about just seeing, you know, people going to the Ai Weiwei exhibit and just pictures and you wonder if people are really engaging. But I don't think that's necessarily fair. Um, and I think a lot of that kind of critique is rooted in like a generational uh, conflict about museums and how people engage with museum spaces. Yeah, I think one one recent experience I had in a museum where there was lots of selfie social media activity was um, the Murakami exhibition at Museum of Fine Arts here, uh, not here in Boston, but here where I live in Boston when I'm not in Providence. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting about that space was how the the kind of lighting and aesthetics didn't make it that great for um, selfie or documentation. You kind of needed to work around that. And a, a lot of people have, if you look at the MFA's Instagram feed or, or look at the geotagging on Instagram, you can see there are a lot of, of really cool pictures of people interacting, engaging with those exhibits. Uh, I, I do think it depends very much on context. I have been in museums where I've been curious as to why people were documenting so much on their camera but that was usually um the particular experience i can think of and this has happened more than once but um there was one time when i was in the museum of modern art in new york city and there was someone who was in front of me just standing in front of every picture uh or painting taking a picture on his camera moving to the next one taking and he never looked up from the camera oh so i think that it also you know there's lots of interesting things to say about um the particularities uh, and the, the specific images and, and uses of social media to document engagement um, and interaction with these these spaces. So so that person was on one end of the spectrum and then other people are doing other things. So I think, yeah, it's, it's cool to hear Bella and Susan talk through some of that stuff uh, in addition to just learning a lot about what the museum experience is like in Shanghai. I don't have any experience with that. So I think it, if you are interested in those sorts of contexts or um, international contexts for, for museums and perceptions of museums, this conversation has a lot to offer for you there. Yeah, and it's so important to get an international perspective on um, kind of the museum field. And we're so thankful for Susan and Bella kind of giving us some insight. Yeah, so please enjoy this episode. If you have any questions or comments, you can always find us on Twitter at PublicWorkPod. You can email us at publicworkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Amelia might be slow to respond to emails depending on how March Madness goes and depending on how our teams are doing. Uh, I think college basketball isn't a real sport, so I Those have... are fighting words. <laughs> Go Mountaineers. <laughs> See you in Boston I, on Friday. <laughs> I, I prefer uh, NBA basketball. Um, I don't like watching coaches uh do mental battle with one another but that's that's another podcast that's a college basketball podcast which would last one episode uh and end um with lots of fighting tears. and tears, tears and anger so don't listen to that listen to this podcast which is public work uh and we hope you enjoy this episode we'll see you next time see you next time enjoy the show hi everybody my name is johan bella jam I'm here to have a conversation with Susan Smolian. 
Susan Smoya is a professor of American Studies and director of the Joe Nicholas Brown Center for Public Humanities and Cultural Heritage, Brown University. She is a cultural historian of the 20th century. Susan just got back from a three-month trip at Fudan University, Shanghai, where she was a research fellow looking at museums there. Thank you, and I'm really happy to be talking to Zhuhan Balajiang, a first-year master's student in public humanities at Brown University. Um, Bella studied cultural industry management in Tongxi University in Shanghai and developed, she says, much of her museum practice in Shanghai. She's devoted to new ideas, discourses, and trends in contemporary art and wants to engage in a dialogue that supports innovation, global conversation, and community engagement in an arts institute. And I wanted to start by thanking Bella for her help as I was going <laughs> to Shanghai. Um, we talked and met. She set me all mm -hmm. up on WeChat, which is a necessary if you're going to do re research in China or just live there. And Bella said something interesting that informed my research. And I wondered if we could start by explaining what you meant. Yeah. You said to me, old people don't go to museums, young people go to museums. And that blew my mind because in the United States, museum directors, people who work in museums, think it's exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. And they spend all their time trying to think about how to get young people into museums. So one of my research questions became, mm -hmm. Why do young people in Shanghai go to museums? And I wondered if you wanted to tell me what you thought about that, why you said that, and why, mm -hmm. when you're living in Shanghai, you go to museums. Okay, cool. Thank you for the question. Um, actually, I was pretty shocked when I come here to see like more like uh, older people go to museums because museums in Shanghai is a very new thing going on. That happened in the past 20 years. A lot of private institutions, galleries, museums started to happen on the Westbound, also in the city, um, in the commerce center. So museums nowadays, like they're like a trendy thing for young people to go. Um, and they're very popular on social media. And all these contemporary arts are attractive um, and trendy. And they're like kind of um, advertised as a commerce way. Um, you can see them in the subway, you can see them on WeChat, and everywhere. Um, it's almost like a thing we have to do, you right. know, go to and, museums. And when you go to the museum, do you um, interact with the art? Is there a party? Do you go to openings? Do you, wh what happens when you visit a museum? Oh yeah, there are definitely openings. Yeah. Um, openings, a lot of art students go there. It's pretty VIP, so yeah. like if you go there and you take pictures, that shows, oh, you're into the art world. So that's a way of like uh, making interactions with your peer. Mm -hmm. um, so and also like museums there, they're very um, good for photography. So what's interesting is it become a photography spa. Whenever there's a new show going on, all the photographer friends and friends go there. They look at art, they take pictures, they talk about it. This is more like a entertainment for people right. yeah right. one one of the things that was most interesting to me and and one of the things I went to look at in Shanghai mm -hmm. were these private art museums um, so in the last um, five to ten years um, there have been probably ten it's a little mm -hmm. hard to count every time you turn around there's another new art museum yes. founded by um, and funded by an individual who um, puts up an architecture-designed building mm -hmm. yeah. for his collection, almost always his. Occasionally, it's a couple, mm -hmm. a married couple. Um, and they put up art museums, and then um, and, and they're in these beautiful buildings, mm -hmm. um, some in um, the Central District, but most in, in 
up-and-coming um, developing uh, uh, neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And and then there the, the museums uh, host, as you say, these amazing uh, openings, mm -hmm. and they're mostly, although not exclusively, focused mm -hmm. on contemporary art. And I got very interested in those museums um, because they're trying to find a model for how to mm -hmm. uh, run a museum um, in in an in a in a uh, uh, in an economy yes. that is um, n not quite capitalist, not quite state run, mm -hmm. something in between. And yeah. I was interested in what model these mm -hmm. museums could come up with. So, for example, there has mm -hmm. only been a for-profit sector in yeah. China for maybe a decade. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. these these museums don't think of themselves as non-profit exactly. Yeah. They think of themselves as non-state run, mm -hmm. but not non-profit. Yeah, actually, I just read an article about um, the report of from last year. So by the end of um, 2017, there are 82 museums altogether in Shanghai, among which 64 are private institutions. Only 18 are national museums. And also, like according to the report, young people and the, their, like, the private institutions are more popular because they're more diverse. They can do more with the institutions, bring more international arts and uh, local arts. Right. They're more uh, popular with young people, but they are not they don't have the same uh, number of visitors. So the state yeah. museums still have very, very, very many more visitors. Yes, that's true. Um, the and, and, the, but, and the private museums, so there's a demographic difference. Mm -hmm. The young people all go to the private museums, and the private museums work very hard to make sure that the people who come to them are young. Yes. So it isn't just by happenstance. It isn't just luck that mm -hmm. all the young people go to the private museums. Mm -hmm. um, they, the, the curators and directors there, assistant directors there, say, mm -hmm. um, no, we do special things to make sure that old people don't come <laughs> and to make sure that young people do come. Mm -hmm. And one thing that happens is that they're very expensive. Uh, mm -hmm. there, and so you have yes. to have a large amount of discretionary income mm -hmm. uh, to, to be able to pay for the admissions uh, to, a, to a, a private museum. Whereas mm -hmm. if you go to the Shanghai Museum, I always think, I always tell people in the U.S. to think Smithsonian when you yeah. think the yeah. Shanghai Museum, the mm -hmm. nation's attic, uh, yeah. all sorts of um, um, parts of China's cultural past mm -hmm. uh, are held in beautiful uh, in a beautiful brand new building uh, on People's Square, the lines are two hours long to get into the Shanghai yeah. Museum. And yeah. when I go to visit the private museums, yeah. there are no lines. There's and during the day, there's no one there. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand that they're crowded at the openings. And when I mm -hmm. went to an opening, yeah. even though I was the oldest one there, uh, <laughs> they were they were not uh, they were crowded, but not during the day. Uh, and mm -hmm. when you ask um, why don't you try to bring people in, they mm -hmm. say. That's not what we do. Mm -hmm. I said, you could have no admission on some days. And they said, oh, no, then old people would come and they just never leave. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, but maybe they would enjoy the art. And they'd say, oh, no, that's not who we're interested in. I said, you could bring in school children. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, no, they can't afford the admission. And mm -hmm. I said, but maybe you wouldn't charge admission for school children. And they said, oh, no, that's not what a museum does. And, of course, mm -hmm. that's an interesting idea of what a museum does. Uh, yes. Um, I think there's something to be mentioned about, like, our become, who's our 
audience, who's our target audience? Audience. So art was something people cannot afford to talk about. Like while most of the citizens are trying to, you know, like we're still developing. So art is something that's the higher thing. So right now they're targeting at the young people and and the youngsters who are starting to get this money to spend. Yes. Um. On art appreciation. So there's definitely an image the museums trying to keep up with. Yeah. Um. That. We're talking about like the IKEA effect. They talk about like yeah. old people go to IKEA and they just lie there all day and like won't leave.、Right. And that is something they do not want to have in the museums、right. because the museum is a space for, in their perspectives, to have the right group of people to interact.、Yeah. The young people go there, they find their group, they find what they like, so they keep coming back. But the question is that: Do we have enough audience to keep the institution running?、Um, So one of the places I was very interested in was called the Power Station of Art,、yes. and this is a state-run、mm-hmm. uh, contemporary art museum. And so their place in this、um, uh, 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 environment, where where most of the contemporary art museums are private, where、mm-hmm. what is the role of a state-run、yeah. public art,、um, contemporary art museum?、Mm-hmm. And and the the assistant director there. Was very interesting when I asked her why do young people in Shanghai go to museums to see contemporary art.、Mm-hmm. One of the things she said is we've been teaching about contemporary art for thirty years,、yes. and so we've developed an audience.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said so the people who've been learning about contemporary art come、mm-hmm. to see it. She didn't、um, talk about the funding or、yeah. she she took took it back to the education. And she said、mm-hmm. and older people are not so interested in contemporary art. It's not what they learned about,、um, and so they go. To the Shanghai Museum、yeah. to see the bronzes,、uh, yeah. <laughs> and and so th- that was、oh. a sort of that was an interesting perspective、uh, mm-hmm. on 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 a sort of long、um, history of education and and how it works.、Um, I I I don't know.、Um, I think she also said her other reason she thought that young people came was she said that contemporary art often references the world outside China,、yeah. and that young people were intensely interested、yeah. in that subject. And so,、um, older people, while might be more interested in learning、mm-hmm. about、um, more about China's history,、yes. which is very long, there's、mm-hmm. lots to know. It can、mm-hmm. take a lifetime、mm-hmm. uh, to understand.、Um, and so they go to the Shanghai Museum and study、uh, China's past,、mm-hmm. uh, and that the young Younger people are more interested in in reaching out、um, to to a to a global yeah.、Um, uh, uh, yeah. to be part of a global world and 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 so they go to these、mm-hmm. see these contemporary art exhibits. Yeah,、uh, I would say that's very reasonable because like my parents, they're born in seventies and they would never go to a museum with me. Like <laughs> much as I persuade themselves to、yeah. go one time with me because it's it's not in their Understanding or education context to learn contemporary art,、mm-hmm. so it's more comfortable for them to stick with what they know about、mm-hmm. what's within the country and、right. the history. While young people, Shanghai specifically as an international city that is booming, that is very modern,、mm-hmm. trying to have this global conversation, the young people are very eager to have this conversation、right. to look for ways that's more radical, that's、right. new, use、right. different forms to express、right. themselves. Um, so. We can see like there's a difference from the one generation. Yeah, the generations and all the institutions which are private and national. They're like focusing on different part、right. of people. The other thing I saw when I visited these museums, and here we're talking about,、um, there are two museums called Long,、uh, yeah, one in the West、them. Bund, which is a new development、yes. area, and,、mm-hmm. and one in Pudong, which、yeah. is a, a also、East. newer development area.、Mm-hmm. Um, I I I. 
really like the Yuz Museum, which mm-hmm. is also yes. in the West Bund. Um, so those are some of the ones. That I liked a museum uh-huh. called The How, which oh. just brand new opened, and I can talk about that mm-hmm. uh, a little in a tech park out yeah. by the airport. Um, but I, most of the contemporary art I saw, just as you said at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, had interactivity built into it. Uh, yes, yes. And that was something that, that people talked about it in a disparaging way, mm-hmm. uh, some people, and as um, interesting, and some other people talked about it as new and fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So people said, oh, young people just like things they can go and... Um, uh, uh, you know, take pictures of, post on social media. <laughs> and th- they said, oh, well, that's just not art. That's not real art. And then mm. other people said, oh, this contemporary art is so wonderful yeah. because young people can go and interact with uh-huh. it and take photographs and be yeah. part of the art, part of yeah. making of the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what they like. So Yeah, I think that has something to do. Uh, we'd love to discuss about like how social media yes. is influencing museums and art culture. Yeah. Like, I... Please share with me some experience with you using WeChat. Yeah. That's like almost everything you need like in, in China, right? Right. It's it's all in one. So it's like combining Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. It's it's and and everything. Yeah. It, it's everything to everyone. Yes. Uh, everyone is on WeChat all the time mm-hmm. and most business gets conducted on WeChat mm-hmm. and most social life gets conducted on WeChat. And and I, you're never in a museum, and that mm-hmm. includes the the ones the the sort of um, traditional museums or these private contemporary art museums. In all museums, mm-hmm. everyone is taking pictures and posting all the time. I mean, yeah. it's like in the Shanghai Museum, people are taking pictures of the bronzes and the ceramics. In the contemporary mm-hmm. art museums, they're taking <laughs> pictures of the strange <laughs> things hanging from the ceiling. Um, and in and in traditional um, uh, art museums, they're taking pictures of the paintings on the wall. And they're taking mm-hmm. pictures of themselves next to it. Um, uh, everyone's taking pictures all the time, and they're all on WeChat. Mm-hmm. If you could ever gather those, that's how you would know how people interacted uh, with museums. That's a research project that would be really interesting. Yes, I feel like that's one big thing. That's why um, we're saying like young, how young people engage with museum culture, how the WeChat as something that we cannot live without. Like we even transportation, like pay up, pay for everything. Ali pay everything's on WeChat. That's like a way how to, we we see the focus on presence yeah. in the museums. Like mm-hmm. I'm here, I've been here, and I document that moment yeah. and I post it. And yeah. that means oh, I did this thing that makes me have this lifestyle. And then more people see, more people go. So like James Turrell's show um, last year in Shanghai. I feel like half of my friends on WeChat went to that show. Mm-hmm. Where was it? Um, it was in Law Museum, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yeah. 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 What well, we didn't talk about yet, we did, so the social media piece is is huge. Yeah. Um, and something that, that other museums around the world, I have not seen at, in quite this, to quite this extent. It's mm-hmm. really, um, it, you know, just think of anyone you've ever seen taking a picture um in a museum and multiply it by the population of China and you get mm-hmm. sort of an idea of the scope of the scale of what's yeah. happening. But the other piece of this that is connected to the social mm-hmm. media piece is the consumption piece. Yeah. Um, so that these private museums are often seen as um, extensions of brands mm-hmm. for the founders. Yes. And and as a way of 
as part of development zones, so mm -hmm. developing new neighborhoods and new businesses, um, and um, other um, as seeking the attention of young people, just as museums. So the museums are hailing young consumers, mm -hmm. just as Western advertising does. So for Western advertising, mm -hmm. youth is the the main um, goal is yeah. to try and reach young people. That's who almost all advertisements are mm -hmm. aimed at. And in some ways, these museums um, by um, being brand extensions by being part of new development zones and by hailing young consumers mm -hmm. are just are commodified in a yeah. right from the beginning mm -hmm. yeah here uh, I think we'd love to introduce uh, this very interesting example of k11 mm -hmm. in Shanghai so k11 it's um, um it's an art mall that's like combining shopping commerce and like art museum all together in one building. Mm -hmm. It was first built by um, this young billionaire, Adrian Chen. Um, he, she, he, start, he started it in Hong Kong first, then did it in Shanghai in 2013, I think. Mm -hmm. So what was your experience? Oh, here? you tell me what you like about it. It's your <laughs> favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite, yeah. So a K11 was um, built near Xintiandi. Xintiandi mm -hmm. is one of the most famous districts in Shanghai where all the young people, rich people there, they have this old buildings before, which is um, rebuilt into this kind of um, district with Western restaurants, shopping more, and K11 is very close to that. Yeah. So a lot of fashion brands and medias, they work in the K11 building. Which is a big skyscraper. A big skyscraper with butterflies and sculptures outside <laughs> with spiders and it's like and the round. and the subway goes right into it <laughs> oh yeah subway's <laughs> in it and then like they have almost three to four floors of luxury brands and nice restaurants and then like downstairs they have this museum space yeah, so maybe our space four galleries and a little gift shop downstairs with rotating yes. exhibits but then on ev almost every floor you get a map and yeah. it tells you where you can go to see the art yeah. interspersed among the um, the, shopping mall. the shopping mall. And yes. it's very good art. Mm, I mean, yeah. I I thought it was terrific stuff. Yeah. Um, and that, I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't, it didn't say, oh, here's a Gucci bag and now we're uh -huh. going to put it in plastic and that's <laughs> art or something. They yeah. left all the commerce mm -hmm. to the shops, yeah. which were overwhelming mm -hmm. and then had this art in some ways it reminded me of the new yorker magazine and i don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever seen the new yorker magazine which has very serious journalism and fiction writing in between glossy advertisements for high-end mm -hmm. consumer goods yeah. and k11 just seemed to me to be the new yorker these were goods mm -hmm. consumption goods that I don't know who could afford. There were a lot of people <laughs> looking at them. But I, you, you, you see people carrying out bags, but they were very expensive. Yes. But restaurants were, you know, reasonably priced yes. when I had, you know, I had lunch. It was, it was nice. You spend the whole day and you give you a little map and you can wander around and find the art among the Gucci. Mm -hmm. It's the oddest thing why do you like it i think one way i like it is it's so accessible to everyone there yes. you know um like for example like the other portion of big museums like yas lum and studios are like in the westbound which yes, is far. really far um sometimes especially the subway is not that convenient and also m50 like also far yeah. and at the same time k11 just somewhere people work all the time yeah. where they have food and then after that what do you want to do let's look at some art yeah. that's just very um accessible at the same time the space is more like 
kind of present a new form of art before they presented Chen Tianzhuo's performance art, which is a huge installation full of this crazy sculptures, music performance, and that's just something really attractive. They do that in the in K eleven in K eleven in the art space. Downstairs. In the art space, though. yes. Um, so this whole new mode of putting commerce with art yes. with something we're always against of trying to separate right and they're making something like that happen. Right. no they went all <laughs> they went all in on this yeah. they you know they're just like this is the way to do it uh-huh. you know these are the people these are our folks you mm-hmm. know the people who are buying gucci or are looking at gucci are the same people we want to address um and you know in in with the same people we want to address with this um high I don't know, not class, but, yeah. uh, uh, you know, highbrow, um, mm. um, um, contemporary art. Um, and the and the, the, the spaces in the basement, not the basement, but the bottom levels, mm-hmm. you have to pay if yeah. you want to go in. Yeah. Um, and you can only go through them in one direction. I got in big trouble because uh-huh. I wanted to see, I, I wanted to see one gallery and the yeah. others I thought were not so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't do that. You have to go through all the galleries. Mm-hmm. They're small, uh, yeah, much smaller than some of these other private museums yes. we've talked about. Uh, but they're there. But they're there, right there. But you have to pay for those. But the other art is um, very accessible. Mm-hmm. I was very interested in many contemporary artists and a lot of the people who I work on in the United States yes. uh, are not are so as you say very interested in making this um, mm-hmm. a break between. Uh, art and uh, commerce, um, mm-hmm. in part because they don't they don't like this idea yeah. that art is for the wealthy, uh, yeah. Yeah. and that they want they want to take art back to neighborhoods and mm-hmm. put it in um, uh, in bodegas and in, in you know Spanish language um, yeah. grocery stores and and I think of um, our friends in Providence at Community Music Works, our collaborators mm-hmm. there, who do string quartets in the taco shop uh, yeah, as as those kind of uh-huh. people and this. K eleven to me was just the opposite of that, yeah. uh, but I it, 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 there's no question it had a different meaning in Shanghai, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah. that that it it wasn't it it meant something different. It was like this is so exciting to have mm-hmm. a chance yeah. um, to look at these high end consumer goods which we haven't seen in a long it, in many years, mm-hmm. and to look at this artwork at the same time. Um, it had a different meaning, and I was more open to it, and I liked it more than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about, like, you have to think about this in the context of the city development, mostly, because mm-hmm. the tradition of art is never, like, a big, very big portion in our education, and especially when it comes to contemporary arts, people yeah. start to get to it after college, right. especially, like, if you're studying our labor arts major. Um, that's how you get to it. So... The opportunity is commerce is such a big thing in Shanghai. Yes. Shopping is such a big thing. Um, yeah. And they're taking that as an opportunity to get start access. And I really appreciate the idea of community collaboration, bring the programs to school. And I think that will be happening in the in the coming decades. Well, it, the... the um all the state museums, mm-hmm. there's a state mandate that every child goes to a museum once a year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem, I mean, the, the scale of that is yeah. sort of uh, mind-boggling because mm-hmm. Shanghai is a, a city of 24 million. Um, mm-hmm. and, and despite the the huge number of museums, it would be hard to make sure that everybody, yeah. especially if you just, if they only go to the state museums. Mm-hmm. Um on the other hand, um, the state museums, including the Power Station of Art, which is contemporary art, mm-hmm. um, and the Museum of 
what is it the museum of modern art which is in people's mm-hmm. square mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which is not it's just a different form of contemporary art if mm-hmm. you ask me they're not that far apart just a little uh, uh, earlier in time mm-hmm. um and so it, those two are working a lot with schools and yeah. I, and so yeah. i think that's true although these private museums and k11 doesn't see it says it has an educational mission mm-hmm. but you never see what that is it says it's yeah. going out to schools and maybe it is i i just don't know enough about it um yes i feel like the education more mostly focus on artists educational right. um practice mm-hmm. for um our students who are still in college arising like mm-hmm. artists to help them um through the art foundation that's right. but when it comes to like students from high school middle school elementary school i feel like that's still a long way to go yeah. um because of the resources our stew is on the top of the our life and yeah. the resources not for everyone at this moment yeah. which is true um although if you talk to ordinary folks in china um there's such a much different vision of this i feel than mm-hmm. in the united states so this here's a broad cultural stereotype generalization mm-hmm. but really a feeling that culture and art is part of sort of that kind of culture. I don't mean it is anthropological culture now. Mm-hmm. I mean it is arts, performing arts, um, is very valued. Yeah. Uh, and that should be part of life. Everyone yeah. agrees that that yeah. should be part of life in a different way than the United States. That just it's, I, it's not clear to me that most people think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the state says it should be part of life, and they mm-hmm. fund these museums, and so there's a lot more investment um, by the government and by ordinary people in the arts than than I've ever mm-hmm. se- than most any place I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are these private museums, <laughs> and so it's a it's mm-hmm. a funny. There's a lot going on in Shanghai. That's what yeah. I would say. It's very exciting. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but one thing's for sure is like more and more people are going to museum. Like, for example, last year, there's one-fifth growth like in the visitors. Yes. And just becoming more and more accessible to people. Um, and, of course, like, we have to think about the foundation of, like, museums in China, like in Shanghai specifically. We don't have this foundation of the nonprofit the system um, about right. how right. to run it, how to manage it. Right. And we're trying to explore it in our own way. Right kind of build a new mode together, which is very hard. Right. But also you see all these private institutions are kind of doing the same thing. That's why I'm also wondering, like, could that form its new system in the future with the help with each right. other and how that's going to evolve into something more accessible, right. something more engaging, open to more I, you know, the, I, let me be clear. I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by these private museums and think they've done an amazing job bringing mm-hmm. in young people. That mm-hmm. you know, you, not everyone needs to do everything, and mm-hmm. they've done a good job on that. And you're right that they're struggling with what do we, what's the next step. So when you talk yeah. to the uh, people who are running them, they mm-hmm. say things like, "Well, it's very hard to get people to give money uh, to an institution that has the founder's name on it," mm-hmm. and. That's surely true in the United States as well. We could yeah. ask the Getty Museum. You know, mm-hmm. we could go farther back and ask the Frick Museum. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there, there have been private museums in the U.S. before, but they've morphed into being nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And in China right now, my understanding, and I'm not an expert in, in any of this, yeah. uh, is that there's no tax um, uh, incentive to give money to to arts organization. Mm-hmm. So um, these guys did it because they thought it was a great idea. 
they open these museums. They have a vision that they'll be self-supporting. Yeah. No one who's ever worked in a museum thinks that a museum could be self-supporting, but these guys yeah. seem to think they could. And now they're facing, how yeah. do we fund this great it's, thing that we have? We have this beautiful building. We mm -hmm. have some collections. We have a curatorial staff. Mm -hmm. But we can't charge enough to make to pay for the lights and the heat and the water, and so and so what are we going to do? And they, they're the state isn't giving them much money. They can't raise money. They don't seem to be able to raise money from their rich friends. Mm -hmm. um, the young people who come who flock to these museums don't yet have enough money to mm -hmm. make them sustaining. So it's a little unclear what the model's going to be going forward. Yeah, that's true. Um I feel like many um, big exhibits charge a lot of money, but still it is really hard to keep it running um, on their own. Three or four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the future is, but yeah. but I have that feeling all over Shanghai. Mm -hmm. It's so <laughs> big and there's so yeah. much going on it's and huge. it's so um, vibrant and there's uh -huh. so much building and there's so much energy. Mm -hmm. But what what and and one of the most exciting things about it is that no one quite sees over the yeah. next hill um what what's it going to be like it's not going to be like new york and it, it's going to be three times as big it's not uh -huh. going to be um so the museums i think are the, mm -hmm. sa are the same way and i for me it was so much fun uh mm -hmm. to get to look at these um uh new museums and think about if there yeah. are any models there mm -hmm. uh for museums in the u.s what do you think what do you think we could learn I think it's very um, exciting to look at, look at museums like in different countries yeah. in a global context about the museums of the future. Um, I feel like it's very well developed here in America that we're always trying to see like what else can we do to get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. But then like in some other countries, we don't they don't have this space and they're building all this system and institutions out of nowhere and mm -hmm. in their own ways. So I'm also like very excited like to see how that would go in the future and work with them to find the right way right. for Shanghai to give more arts and more like energy to the city. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's exciting. <laughs> One of the things Bella and I want to work with on going forward is I came back with a um, an interesting idea for mm -hmm. a, a new research project yes. where we talk to um, young people who are training to work in museums. Mm -hmm. um, so in the Public Humanities Program at Brown, yeah. in the Museum Studies Program at Fudan University, mm -hmm. um, maybe at Museum Studies at George Washington, maybe at Museum Studies in um, Beijing, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe at a couple places in the UK um, where there are connections among these universities. And what what I've been thinking of and what Bella's interest may be able to help with mm -hmm. is... Um, some kind of short online survey that asks these um, emerging uh, yeah, museum uh, professionals about what they think the future of museums yeah. will be. Um, and, and many of them have been in China or, or, or are studying about the Chinese mm -hmm. museums and about U.S. museums. Yeah. And I got very interested in what it's going to be like in Shanghai when all mm -hmm. these young people who are going to the museums are actually running the museums. And so I wanted yeah. to hear more <laughs> about their ideas. Yeah, that's a great project. I'd love to um, work with you. Yeah. I, I think because if we're if we're interested in what's going to come in the future, mm -hmm. let's ask the people who are going to be running the museums yes. next. Yeah, I think it's so important to listen to them, like what they actually think, too, instead of like um, 
because we can never get what we think, and sometimes their answer can always surprise us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> This is fun. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to Public Work. You can find us on Twitter at publicworkpod or email us at publicworkpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time.